I'm so excited to have you along for this week's episode. Full disclosure, we went in a little bit of a different direction today, and I think you're going to love it. I loved it, and I loved every moment of this conversation today that I had with Krista Hope. Krista is real, she's authentic, and she's very much herself. And a lot of what resonated with uh, with me in this conversation is uh, something I hope is going to resonate with every listener out here, and that's the why. Why are we doing what we do every day to get up, look to buy real estate, invest in real estate, sell real estate? Why are we doing it? Um, it gets a lot deeper than that. Krista helped us to understand her story, how she helps families, and more importantly, how she helps people discover the meaning for what they're trying to do. Uh, Krista is the better half of the coaching, um, J- Jared and Krista, JK Coaching. And we've had Jared on the show in the past. In fact, he was a huge hit, so much so that we had him come back twice in two months to talk to us and we'd love to have him back again in the future. Krista's his better half and she balances out a lot of their group coaching and the reason that we wanted to have her on the show was because she just was such an infectious personality to talk to and very authentic and again a lot of our audience just needs to hear this. In addition I think we need to have a lot more women on the show and a lot more of a female element. You've got the three of us guys all the time and it's nice to have a little bit of a change of pace. So without further ado Krista Hope joins us today. I really think you're going to love this episode. For that feedback please make sure to send it through the feedback channels, Instagram, at Thrive Mortgage Co. or at the YVR Remo Show. Either of those are great. Let us know what you're thinking. Remember, share these posts with your friends, your family, tag us on Instagram, and let us know what you're thinking with a review on our podcast on iTunes. That is the biggest juice that we need to keep going, and it means the world. We have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of listeners, yet we only have 56 reviews. We need some more reviews from you guys. And remember, if you leave us a review, send us a screenshot on our Instagram page, and we'll make sure to send you a Thrive mug along with some delicious coffee sponsored by Republica Roast. These guys are awesome. Love the coffee. It keeps me going. And that's what gets my energy to do these early morning podcasts every single week. Thrive Mortgage Co. is the team that brings you this information. Our goal is to educate our clients and bring them the knowledge that they need to make the best financial decisions in real estate and their wealth planning. If you think you're not getting that with your current bank or mortgage broker, then make sure to reach out to us on our channels at thrivemortgage.ca or at Thrive Mortgage Co. on Instagram. Looking forward to chatting with you guys soon. Enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We made it, Krista. We're here. We're ready to rock and roll. And I'm excited to say uh, that you're joining us today. You know, we um, have had a chance to connect, uh, I I guess, about a week or two weeks ago, the first time over the phone, which was awesome. And now early this morning, as we were trying to figure out our technical difficulties, but I'm excited to share your voice with the world and a lot of what you have to say, because this is certainly a lot, a little bit of a different uh, approach from our previous conversations we had. Krista, before I even get into it, um, where the heck are you today? I'm in ra- what's today rainy Kelowna. I don't think you can see, but um, yeah, it's beautiful, good BC rain that we need right now. So Awesome. And you guys moved to BC. You moved to BC uh, a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, I think it's six now. 
Six years. Wow. And and uh, and you're from uh, originally Edmonton. I'm originally from Northern Alberta. Northern but, Alberta. Yeah, but but I lived a long time in Edmonton. So Northern Alberta to Edmonton now to warmer climates uh, for the most part. <laughs> I feel like I'm moving up in the world. There we go. And I think the the neat thing about that is is as we, we chat, you know, a lot of people will learn that you're still running and operating your business primarily, uh, well, a lot of it virtually, but uh, a lot of your business is still located in Edmonton, um, which is kind of neat for a lot of people to hear about that because they'd love the opportunity to be remote and, and run a business from a different destination. So, you know, before going down that road, just to introduce everyone to you, which we've kind of briefly done in the introduction, you are uh, the better half, of course, of uh, Jared Hope, uh, who between the two of you have combined to start a relatively new venture called JK Coaching. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I mean, I'm going to butcher the ins and outs of what JK Coaching is. So why don't you just give me the synopsis and then we can dig deep. So I'm a personal coach and JK coaching is a real estate coaching program where I get to be the personal coach within that program. Um, so although I have, you know, this background in, in real estate investment with Jared, um, it's actually not the role I play very much in that, that, um, company. Uh, I work with our clients and oftentimes I, I, I really don't get into what they're up to in their real estate, um, ventures. Sometimes if it's relevant, and but if not, my work is with them on the personal side of things, what's in their way to get what they want in as far as investing in real estate. I think that's really important. And, and you know, obviously, that is a, one of the biggest reasons that uh, we're hoping to highlight you today, particularly. Uh, I, I personally have a, a coach in business and uh, in life as well. And I've found that you have to find a way to mix the two or have at least both uh, ends. Otherwise, you're too heavy on one and you don't have enough on the other and you don't really understand the why you're doing it. Right. So really unique concept. And, and like just out of curiosity, how did you and Jared come up with this concept of going from, um, you know, obviously the idea of coaching to, OK, well, why don't we do this personal and then this business? Like, how did that even form? It, well, it's relevant to tell you that everything Jared and I have done has just been organically from something that was um, something we were doing or something we needed. So, I mean, real estate investment happened originally because I wanted a maternity leave for my business. I was self-employed and I wanted to be able to retire one day knowing that I wasn't going to be able to do that as a self-employed person. Then, you know, years went by and we fell into property management because we had to because of the real estate portfolio we'd built. And and it just made sense to offer to people what we were already doing for ourselves and what was needed that we didn't have um, available to us as a property management company. So that's how we built our property management. And then uh, the coaching was just like, this is exactly what people need. Um, you know, because most investors think they just need the motivation side, the the strategic coaching around how to buy. They don't even recognize that actually who you're being may be a bigger part of getting what you want than, than the strategy around how to buy or, or how to get what you want as far as the investment. So um, I was already a personal coach that was at a point in our business when I could step away a bit and become... Um, like follow my passion, which was personal growth and coaching. Um, so I was already doing that. This was already what we did for ourselves. And it, it just, you know, makes made 
complete sense to offer it to people. As far as you know, I guess I should ask like straight away, are there any other um, programs or, or, or coaches that you know of that are taking this approach to real estate investment, um, uh, I guess, coaching? Uh, that's a great question. I Not that we know of. I think that organically, a lot of people who are doing real estate coaching maybe have done a degree of personal growth of their own. So therefore are um, doing some personal growth. I wouldn't say they're necessarily, you know, have focused and taken coach training because that's the difference between Jared and I, you know, officially Jared would be considered more of a consultant than I'm a coach. Um, but you know, the, the word coach is like super broad nowadays. Um, yeah. So I don't know, not that I know of. Very interesting. So why don't we take a step back and talk a little bit about your your journey, um, some Cole's notes as to how you got here to, to build a, a base for people to why you are the right person to have these conversations and the impact that you've had on people. I really love to hear stories, your story, uh, the people you work with. And I think a lot of people really uh, can can look at that and, and find some similarities in their own situations. So maybe what, what even got you into the, uh, um, I guess, the real estate investment space in the first place? How did you enter the field and, and what was that progression like? Um, I was exposed to some really great personal growth um, books and, and seminars and things as a younger high school age person because my parents were in Amway. And so a part of Amway was this really great network of personal growth stuff. There was a book of the month, tape of the month. And so those were sitting in my house and, you know, a farm girl back without internet back then, um, I would read these books just because they were there and, or I'd listen to the tapes um, because I had limited. Uh, anyways, apparently I'm a bit of a weirdo because I did that in high school. So along the way, there was a book, Robert Kiyosaki's, um, rich dad, poor dad. So I had read at some point that the, you know, a lot of the wealthiest people in the, in the world have, have gotten there through real estate. And I read that and thought, Oh, okay. Like I could do that. And, and I knew the problem that I had as a self-employed person, I'd gone to school and taken massage therapy and had a practice. And I had I had, you know, I grew my business a bit. I had therapists working for me in that, but I still knew that that wasn't going to create much of a retirement. Jared was also self-employed at the time. And I also knew that I wanted to have a maternity leave. And so I thought, well, let's just get some rental properties. And so I pushed us in, I had that mindset sort of, um, not coached into me, but I was exposed to that mindset through my parents and they were farmers, they were entrepreneurs. Um, so I really had to push Jared into the possibility that we could do this. So we signed up to a real estate program and this is where though, Jared, th this is where it gets dicey when you're somebody who, um, just wins the game that they're playing. So he was resistant to real estate, but then once he bought in and got, got the idea of, how awesome it was. All of a sudden that was the game that he was playing to win. And then just, I mean, really blew up and, and got way too big too fast. Um, but that's because he just, he wins at whatever game he's playing and we weren't conscious of, okay, why, why do we need that many properties? What, what is the big game plan here? Cause we hadn't really declared that outside of retirement and maternity leave. 
Understood. So that, I mean, that's, first of all, there's a few things that really stood out to me. Your, your uh, exposure at a young age without the internet, I would suggest that a, a lot of people these days are younger people have the ability to be exposed through, uh, you know, social media and well, everything as you can possibly imagine, just accessing the internet. And, you know, looking back 20 years ago, crazy to say that only 20 years ago, you wouldn't have seen this and not at the same level. So unique for you to get that exposure and the ability to jump in and find that. And that book, obviously, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one that's referenced a lot in real estate, in particular, people either investing or, or just generally speaking, getting into the industry, which is really interesting. Um, you know, at what stage did you notice? So so we kind of skipped forward quite a bit. You, we went from you, you getting into the uh, industry. Uh, you built a, a company already, so you've obviously had that business mindset instilled in you either through your parents or through some of the books you read. Um, you built the RMT company and then moved into uh, real estate investing as a form of, I assume, passive income. So you didn't maybe have to uh, uh, be so active in the business all day long. Um, at what point did you notice that you guys had grown too big, too fast? And how did that happen over what period of time? It's a big question because it's, you know, over, over many years and really gradual. So then you sort of have to look back and dissect, okay, where, you know, where did it go wrong, I guess. And when I say wrong, it really didn't go wrong in the big picture. We're, we're fine. We've done great. But um, it made for some really uncomfortable years of um, trying to hold way too much. So, I mean, in our third year of investing, we bought 64 properties. So that right there tells you, you, you know, probably the writing's on the wall that that's going to be a crazy year. Now, that was 2005. My daughter was born in, um, two, was it 2005? One thing is I'm terrible about timelines and, and facts and years. So if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. That's okay. Who won't hold you to <laughs> I'm gonna try, I'm gonna it? This is your story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the funny thing. It's my story, but it's all a bit of a blur. Um, but that I believe is the same. Well, my daughter was born in 2005. So you can imagine the chaos in our lives at that time. You know, I would never encourage clients to set themselves up that like that, you know, we got through it and no regrets, but at the same time, it sure, I sure could have been a lot more present obviously, and not had so much on the go. So, um, I guess just to complete your question, I, I can speak to where it went wrong for me, which was, so my end of things in the real estate became, um, originally we were buying together, you know, looking for properties together and really sort of both playing an active role in, in all areas. Over time, it just seemed to, I, I naturally went into the accounting end of things and Jared went into the, you know, front end sort of sales, the, the buying and that end of things. Um, so it was my job to manage the accounting and to advocate, I guess, for what we needed on in that end. And so I put up with more than I should have as far as not advocating for like, we need to slow down, we need to create better systems. Um, so there's a lot of chaos because I obviously was reactive rather than proactive with things like accounting and, and um, filing. I mean, as simple as filing, but so that's where it started to go wrong. And then we were in a really reactive state for quite, quite a number of years. And, uh, you know, I think back to that time and I have this visual and this felt sense of this hamster wheel where I felt like it was on this hamster wheel and it actually physically makes me want to lose my breath a little bit. Um, cause I, I so distinctly remember it and really buying into the narrative that there was no way to get off of it, that it just was the way it was. And, and we just, that's what we had to do. 
you know, now I can look back and see that wasn't true, but it sure seemed like it at the time. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. The machine starts rolling and it's very difficult sometimes to get off that train. Um, like I, I, you, you mentioned a few interesting things here and I think honestly, I probably could talk to you for four hours, so we'll <laughs> try to keep this concise. But with that being said, um, looking through your story and what happened there, there was a point at which you mentioned that you had come up with different roles. I mean, that's pretty important to me first and foremost. So that was probably a success from a perspective of understanding you, you were starting to operate this like a business. One of the biggest things that I've realized in chatting with people uh, who've uh, had quote unquote success in acquiring a lot of real estate, maybe not necessarily running a portfolio successfully, is that they either A, have looked at it like a business or they haven't. And that's a huge indicator as to you know whether or not someone's going to continue to grow uh, in the real estate portfolio. At what point did you recognize between you and Jared that you you had to take that approach? And, and what was that like? I, I kind of think that's just my way of being with things. So I, I didn't. I think I, I really kind of treated it like it's a mini business, like a side hustle business, but, but I was always really, um, businessy about it, but I guess I just didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know how to level up like it. And it was, um, such a fast rate of growth that I, that I couldn't keep up to the level at which I needed to keep up to. Thinking back to that, because I like to distill information to the listeners who are, who are looking at this and maybe they're starting on that trajectory. Were there any key points at which you think that you could have done certain things to set you up a little bit better for success? Either, um, again, maybe more a little bit more technical from a perspective of, was there at a certain stage where you should have been looking at your information differently, your roles differently? What, what are some certain things that you, you right away recognized looking back? Well, a big turning point for me was when I went into, I went into a women entrepreneur program that, um, we met quarterly actually here in Kelowna. And, um, that's when I learned to go work on the business. And then they also, a big part of that was learning to do financials. So, um, learning to, to, you know, read financials, learning to budget, learning to be really, um, routine and diligent around working with that. And, you know, a big lesson from them was it's actually more important to do those things, even the more money that you make, because there's more to steward. There's more that can go wrong faster. Um, I would say it's both, you know, cause also when you're, when you're smaller, it can go south and you can just be in a really tough place really quickly. But um, working on your numbers and always being conscious and having a relationship with them. It, it's funny because even recently, Alex, um, you know, I've gone into like a real strong, like follow my passion, personal growth world. And so um, it was exciting. Uh, six years ago when we moved here is when I left the company as far as I was, um, I was in a controller position. It might even be seven now, but um, I got to step away from that. And so then I overcorrected into like, yay, you know, I'm free of all that. I get to really just go and do what I'm passionate about. And so more recently, what's been coming up is like, oh, you know, I need to get back into having a better relationship with the numbers and stuff again. But because I had just been overwhelmed with that for so long that I overcorrected and, and sort of turned my back to it a little bit. And that's my habit. My coping mechanism is a little bit to like dig my head in the sand or just avoid things. Um, so uh, yeah, a balance. 
Yeah, this is a huge learning point for a lot of people. First, I, there's a few things. Again, there's so many nuggets in here. First one is um, the Women Entrepreneurship Group that recognize that you need to be working on the business and not in the business. And for anybody uh, listening here, we've got people who are listening who are just home buyers. They may work a, 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 as an employee for a company, which is great. Uh, we've got people who are run their own businesses, real estate agents and so forth. Uh, but that's a common thing that we hear as entrepreneurs is to work on, not in. Meaning, don't be physically doing the practice of you know buying and acquiring the property, but look at the overall arcing plan and the systems that you have in place. What happens when this happens? How are you tracking or who is tracking the numbers and the information? Learning financials. I, I would imagine that you probably found that it wasn't as complicated as you might have originally thought. You just needed some direction there. I hear that a lot from people, a lot. Um, that I, I don't know numbers. Math is overwhelming. Truthfully, a lot about the financials that you need to know when running a business isn't so much the nitty gritty. You need to understand the overarching details, which most people can learn. You just need to find the place to learn that. Would you agree with that? I, I would definitely agree with that. And I would definitely say, don't think that you should know this stuff. Like I know for me, I didn't want to ask a lot of the questions sometimes because I, I felt dumb not knowing, um, you know, how cash flow works and just all the, the verbiage and things. So nobody knows at the beginning. So I would, I would just encourage people, don't feel dumb that you don't know and don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I think there's some pretty successful people who don't even know <laughs> how to read cash flow statements and things. So don't make up that that it, it's bad to not know. That is amazing. Ask the question. Don't be don't feel bad. Trust me, I ask a lot of questions. And uh, some of them people might think are dumb, I could care less. Ultimately, if you don't ask, you don't know. That's massive. Thank you so much. And, and again, a lot of people don't reach out to even learn where to start because they think, well, I should know these things. I should know where that's at. You, you need to find someone that's not going to make you feel bad, but they're going to be direct and give you that answer, which is 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 huge. So the Women Entrepreneurship Group helped you helped you to understand about working on the business, helped you build some of the basics around the toolbox of you know understanding the financial uh, uh, worksheets and 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 uh, analyze cash flow and these types of things, which probably was a huge element of your continued success. You also mentioned you went from one side to the other, which I think. A lot of people are, are guilty of doing that. I mean, myself included, uh, going from completely one to the other. So figuring out that balance. How did you find that balance? And what did you, what did you, um, we use the word anchor. Like how did you get yourself into a place where you were able to recognize if you were swinging to one side or the other? Because that's probably very common. I, I suspect, and I mean, I only know to, to this point in life. I suspect that's always going to continue where, you know, you go, you sort of dive down a rabbit hole and then realize, oh, crap, like, you know, I need to, I need to balance this again. I think I catch myself sooner now than I used to, but I, I sort of think that that's going to be an ongoing thing. So, but what I've become more of is more conscious and, and, um, present to what's happening, you know, before it was just so head down. Um, yeah, just sort of blind to what's going on around me that I wasn't conscious of, of that. And do you have a coach or anybody that co pulls that to your attention? Um, yeah, right now um, I'm doing a bunch of different things. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not working specifically with a coach on business right now. So that kind of thing, I, I have to be more responsible for myself. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm working more on all the personal growth pieces and, and doing some other different crazy stuff. But um, 
back to that women's group, like a thing I want to add in that's really important. And, and, and I just realized some of it, it came a little full circle this past weekend. We were at that, we would go do the women's group at a resort called sparkling Hills. Um, a really beautiful resort here. Um, and we were just there this past weekend for an, another real estate group speaking. And it was really cool to come full circle and now be there as, you know, as a presenter speaking to a group of, of successful people and thinking back to all that time I spent there doing this work in the, in the women's group. Because what it also did, it, it did get me to work on the business, but it also was a little bit like dream building almost like, you know, you get away and you look at like, what do I really want? What's possible? You know, and so for me, traveling to Kelowna was exciting. And that was a bit of an adventure coming from Edmonton. And um, it, it just, it gets you out of that grind to say like, why am I even doing this? What's, what's the purpose behind this? Where am I going with this? And then um, uh, there's one thing I was, it'll come to me. There was another thing I was going to, oh, this is the other thing. Um, the other thing that, that was bad about me being in that women in business group, um, working with a business partner who is my husband, who's also a man, it caused some real conflict because suddenly I came in like ball busting woman, like I need these numbers. <laughs> and like, I didn't have any idea about, you know, polarity and feminine masculine. I didn't know how to approach this in a way that wasn't so confronting. And um, so it caused actually a lot of conflict. And, and, it, and I, in some ways I intimidated Jared because he was uncomfortable with the numbers at that time. And here I am sort of demanding all these things. And um, so looking back, there's a, there's a more conscious, there's a better way to, to go about that. If you're in a, if you're in, especially in a marriage, but definitely in a partnership. Um, yeah. Anyways, lots of realizations. I think that's massively impactful. A lot of the people that we work with are uh, couples, um, you know, married couples, uh, you know, some male and female, some male, male, female, female, in any case, we get a lot of married couples and it's always the same, you know, there's a, there's a conflict there and uh, there's often, you know, lots of resolution, but you can kind of sense the, the, the different approaches and feedback. And I'm not the person to, <laughs> to counsel them on what makes sense. So how do you uh, like, let's, let's start into it. So, so a lot of the people that we meet are, um, that are starting their investing journeys, I should say, are, are people that have just started young families or are just starting families. I'd suggest that, um, you know, maybe a, a common age group for people to start real estate, although I don't think it's right or wrong, is people that are in their mid-30s, uh, early 40s that have built some equity. Now, don't get me wrong, we have, as you've noted with your under 30 program, we've got some amazing younger folks. And I've also had some people that are, that are you know, in their 50s that are super excited and they've got tons of energy to do this. Um, but like I said, commonly it is a couple that's going with that. And maybe that's due to the, just where they're at in their life or their future. And so how do you, how do you start the process of grounding the, the, the reasons why they're in it and, and start to help them find that common ground? Are there some questions that they should be asking some strategies here? Oh, there's so many ways to answer that. And so many things, um, maybe just, a, a if there's a, a common, you know, one or two things that you could uh, right off the bat, you know, start to, to work on or here's what's coming to mind. And in, in, in regards to that piece, I just talked about. So what's great is that like, especially in our pro coaching program, we get a lot of people coming to us that, like I said, don't know that they even need personal growth work. They're not coming saying I need a coach, you know, um, it, that's more common nowadays, but it historically it's 
people haven't really known it's an option and, and whatnot. But here's what's great. In the real estate, so in that scenario, Jared and I were constantly um, in our real estate investment world. I was accounting and he was like operations, we'll call it. And we were always butting heads and having a hard time getting into each other's worlds. Well, that mirrored our personal life. In our personal life, we had a hard time getting into each other's worlds. Like him understanding what life was like for me as a as a mom and trying to juggle and, and my expectations as a mom and, and then him as a dad and trying to hold it all in the responsibility. Essentially, what we needed to do, what we learned was to get into each other's worlds and, and be supportive and really understand where the other person's at and what they're coming from. So what's cool is when you're, you're doing this real estate coaching. You can do this work that looks like it's 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 less invasive, less con- confronting because it seems like it's about the real estate investment, but really you fix it there and you're going to fix it in your personal life. You're going to, you know, have better intimacy and get along better and and just have a better life, but um it really comes down to getting on the same page. And that, that can be different pages, but it needs to be the same page as like you're both clear on where you're going and what you both want. And it doesn't have to be the same for both of you. Sometimes, you know, it's really more one person driving your real estate investment and that's fine. But, but the other person needs to get into your world and, and understand why and understand how to support you in that and vice versa. That's good. Absolutely. So, so um, what I heard from you is, uh, well, especially in your case, which is a little bit unique, the fact that you work together both in life and personally is that those two tie together very closely and you need to really take the time to understand what the other person's, maybe I'm wrong here, so I'm just trying to take out what I heard from that, but what the other person's mm-hmm. going through and, and how they're going through it. So understand their role in life and in the business piece for you to find that common ground. Is that is that uh, sum that up to a degree or is there more that you yeah. want to expand on that? No, it does. Here's an example of it where it really shows up is in money. So um, it, 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 it isn't always this way, but it can often be that the, the woman needs more safety and security with money than the man. And so the way, oftentimes the historically, the way people might try to deal with that is, you know, the man might just keep trying to convince the woman of why it's a good idea, say. Say it's about a real estate investment where really what he needs to address is what will make her feel safe and secure in, in this and understand like, why are they even doing it in the first place to also anchor her to the, the security of it? Um, it can be reversed. It sometimes it might be the woman driving it and the man doesn't feel secure, but just, um, more often it's, it's that way. Does that make sense? That's good. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Thanks for distilling that down. I think it's massively impactful. We usually just rush to, okay, well, how do we do this? Let's make it happen. Let's analyze it. Let's go. And then one partner is just says yes or no. And we don't know why. Or, or yeah, like, why are they not on board? And instead of digging into, well, why are they not on board? Like there could have been some things happen in their childhood that would show up as like, they need a different level of safety and security financially than you know, maybe life was rough for them as a young person. And they, uh, we've had clients before that, you know, what was really important to, to the woman was having six months of food in her pantry. She had that, then, then, you know, go play with the money, go, go, you know, invest it, figure it out. She, that made her feel safe because of where she came from. 
I mean, a lot like, and we're going pretty deep here for a lot of folks listening in. Let's bring it back a little bit here. Uh, you know, let's say we do have a, a couple that's, you know, they've got built up equity in their home. They've heard uh, our podcast or they've heard their friends talking about how they've had success in investing. They want to look at doing it for one reason or another and they want to get started. Uh, how would you even uh, suggest, like, where should they get their resources? Where do they start these conversations? Um, you talk a lot, and we'll, we'll jump into this, but you talk a lot about the why. Should the why come first? Should the research come first? Like, how do we start this journey? Or how do you recommend it? The reason I think the why is important is um, otherwise, why? What's going to be the motivation? Where are you going to get the energy from to do the research? To even, you know, take the time in your evenings or in your life to forward this idea of real estate investment. So to me, the why is the anchor that lights you up and that gets you excited and is your motivation for doing things. Okay, so let's break this down because a lot of people, I understand the, the why, but a lot of people hear this and it's like this mystical thing, the why, the why, the why, start with why, Simon Sinek, and whether they do know it or they don't know it, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What is what is why? So to be honest, I hated people talking about the why and like you'd go to these workshops and they do these these um, exercises and then you're supposed to be like, okay, this is your why. And I remember getting like, you know, one word or something um, and then that's your why. Uh, it, but there was just something to me that wasn't motivating. Like um, it didn't make me want to stay up late and do something or, you know, or, or put energy into something. So here's, here's what it is for me. Um, there's lots of different ways to discover it and find it, but it's, for me, it's like following the energy of what lights you up. So for instance, I get really lit up by personal growth and by like, um, anything to do with like heart opening and love, which doesn't mean anything to you, but there's something in me that that means something and it connects me to something deeper that gets me excited and lights me up. So I don't say that for you to try to understand. Um, it's just some finding what it is that gets you really excited and lit up. So it might be, you know, creating a legacy for your kids. For some people, that's just like, yes, like I will do anything I need to do to do that. I, I'd say I, I agree with what you're saying. I think one of the biggest challenges most people have is figuring out what that is. And, uh, I mean, that's probably a more of a journey than anyone else, but I would agree with you. I think you find that moment where it just, it feels natural, comfortable, and it just makes, it just clicks. It makes sense. Okay. Yes. That's, that's the reason that I'm, 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 I'm staying up all late working on this for 14 hours versus, you know, kicking the can and going watching TV and, and it just feels yeah, like it, exactly. it's right because there's some uh, greater purpose in mind. Is there uh, any simple practice that you find that you typically get people to start with to help them understand what that is before they start on this journey? Yeah, there's two things. Um, but, but the thing that is important before I tell you that is it's really important to find a way to keep anchoring back into it. Otherwise, you just run on default. You go back into your habitual way of being and you forget to be connected to, to that why. So that might be like, you get it out in front of you, you put a reminder in your phone, you, you find something that will trigger you to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Because, and, and I think we can see, otherwise we're a bunch of zombies cruising around just doing everything on default and how we've done it in the past. Um, so there's a couple ways to anchor to it. I mean, a practice, it'd be like, you know, with a client, I might say, like, I get them to breathe, slow down. 
close their eyes and imagine they're about to go up on stage and they have one, um, they have 30 seconds to deliver a message to these people. And it's the last message that they'll be able to give to them before they, in their lifetime. So um, something might come through there and we might tease out, you know, what was really pivotal about that. Here's the key about that. It doesn't matter what the word is, what the thing is. It's that in that practice, I connect them to what lit them up about it. Like what was moving for them to deliver. And then that's, that's an example of finding your like, fuck yeah, your, your, that gut feeling that lights you up. And then it's coming back and practicing knowing that. So I think it's actually really connected to your, your knowing your gut. Um, It's all the same thing. It's just following the energy. This is so again, this type of conversation is very different from something that we typically have on the podcast. But I I think that's why it is so important. A lot of what you're saying resonates with me because I I do a lot of what you're suggesting. I've done these practices. I've also not done them in the past. So I understand where my personal failings have been and so forth. Uh, This is kind of funny to say this. But if anybody has tried meditation, uh, meditation is all about finding an anchor or finding a home base, they call it, which for everyone is different breathing position, etc. It's it's yeah. it, this it draws a lot of similarities to the, the act of meditation. So we're your why in my case, it's, it's just breathing, right? So breathing is the yeah. easy one. And it's the best one for me to work with. So if, if you're meditating, and you've ever tried it. And if you haven't, I recommend it. Um, finding your home base just brings you back down to earth, so to speak, right? Uh, when things get a little bit crazy. So so this is kind of to draw the, the similarity here. Finding your why is what is your home base? What brings you back to the what you're doing it for? It helps you to kind of clear your mind so that you can stay yeah. focused here. That's that's awesome. Um, from more of a, uh, uh, I guess, perspective of, of moving forward, again, uh, there, I find there's two types of people that we see. The one that's just like, let's go, let's just do the thing. And then there's the other person that's like, overanalyze everything, 3 billion questions, and then maybe makes a decision, but typically does not. Like, is there, <laughs> no, this is going to sound tough, but let's start with those, oh, those people that are the overanalyzers. What is it that's stopping them from making a decision from what you've seen? And is there anything that they should be looking at to make these decisions? I mean, I, I, I don't know why they're doing it. It could be a variety of reasons, but is there something common that you're like, no, no, these are the things that you have to do to push forward. And this is probably what's stopping you. This is going to be a different answer than probably most people are going to give. But actually, I think they're the same. They need the same thing. They both need to slow down and connect. And coming back to what you just said about like meditation, for example, I'm a big proponent of finding your practice that anchors you to you or you find you. So maybe that's meditation in the morning. I don't like to say it absolutes like it should be this. I think everyone needs to find what their thing is. But it's that thing that slows you down and connects you and, and has you present to you. So the, the person who's just go, 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 they're overstepping so they don't have to slow down and feel. The person who's analyzing is in their head so they don't have to be in their body to feel. Because if we're, if we're dropped in and anchored to now, into this moment and feeling, we'll make the right choice. And maybe it's uncomfortable which is why sometimes just people want to, you know, Jared was this guy, just like, go, 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 override all the slowing down and feeling and the fear I might have. Or and I was in the like, in my head, analyze, because that, you know, that made me feel safe rather than sitting in the discomfort. Yeah. And, and I imagine it's individual for each, each person, each couple to figure out 
what they're how, how to progress past that but that's good feedback into why that could be happening and where they're at it all this reminds me that this is a journey for most people and, and one conversation or one episode here is not going to solve a lot of questions but i think what it what it can do or what it will do chris does it'll open eyes to a lot of people who say holy shit that's me yeah to a t oh my gosh like that that's exactly what i'm i'm like in this way or that way and maybe they help them to find just a touch more balance whether it's through chatting with someone like yourself or just going on their journey to meditation. Well, and and I I think it's important because we can easily get caught up in like the overwhelm of, oh my God, there's so much work to do or whatever. Here's the truth. It's never stopping. So it's not a race. We are where we are right now. And and we're never going to get to a place where we're not growing. That's our human experience as we're here to grow. So it's okay. You know, like just slow down and just be where you are right now. Yeah, little baby steps. Um, yeah. So, so before we end off the show, it, it, you know, there's so much to chew on here. But again, I want to cap it to a degree because I've, I feel like we've had some good content. But before we go there, you guys, uh, in particular, in your program, you've got this thing that you use. So, uh, if you have kids in the car, uh, plug their ears and don't <laughs> <laughs> pause right now. Uh, I gave them the delay so they can delay. So you have something you call a fuck yeah lifestyle, and you guys like to use that a lot. Um, obviously it is, uh, meant to encapsulate, a, I guess, a feeling or, or a life that, that people want to live. But I don't, again, I don't want to put it in your, my words. I want to understand it from your words. Like what the heck is that? How did you come to that? Like, well, like there's practices around like, what's your hell? Yes. What's your hell? No. And then, you know, that's a real clarifying when you're on the fence about something it, to us. Um, the fuck yeah, is just so clear. It's like, if you're if you're hemming and hawing and you can't decide about something, well, is it a fuck yeah? And and um, I don't know what else there is to say about that other than to us, it's really clear. We certainly aren't afraid of. Um, it's funny because there are people who are um, uncomfortable with with profan- that as a profanity. I guess I don't I don't think there's too many, but um, I like the sharpness of it and the like directness of it. And I know. Like Tony Robbins, for instance, he purposely uses swear words to be confronting, to try to get you past, like to, to try to trigger you, to try to get you out of your, um, out of your own way. So if it does that, great. I, I think that's great if it's confronting. It's a shock. It's like the cold shower in the morning wakes you yeah. up. Yes. Highly recommend if you're not doing those, you should do those. <laughs> I tried them. I won't do them anymore. <laughs> I found you other things. Come on. I found other things to make me uncomfortable that I don't dislike as much. Um, but that's probably fair. Your view is probably a good point. Um, it gets better. <laughs> listen, I lived in a van in Australia for a year. There were a lot of cold showers and I kind of promised myself I did one year of cold showers, no more. Waking up on a beach it's every like day. It's like a trauma. It's like a trauma response to you, then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, like no, listen. Uh, waking up on beaches, at a different beach, almost every single day was absolutely incredible. The cold showers in two degree weather were not was not awesome. That part I would not. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, on to bigger, better things. So no, that's a good good way to kind of, so it's going to shock, wake you up. Yes, no. Um, it's not just yes, no. It's like fucking yes, fucking no. Hey, hey listen, there's something that I say. A lot of people just ask, how are you doing today? And they say good or not good. And I want to hear, I'm doing absolutely fucking amazing or I'm in the shits and please help me. Like talk to me, tell yeah. me how you actually are. And I think that's, that's what I hear when you're saying that is let's be emphatic about what we're doing. And if it doesn't feel like it's right, then, then say it. 
And it's like, nope, hell no, no, I ain't touching that. But why? Why is that the case, right? Um, you know, as we move forward, I mean, the world obviously has gone through some crazy things. I don't want to talk about COVID or anything right now, but it's really changed people's lives and how they operate and and woken people up. It got them, as a kid say, woke. Um, and, and I'm not even that old. But listen, um, why now more than ever is it so important for people to find Either A, real estate investing as an opportunity to change their lives. Yeah. And or B, finding that fuck yeah lifestyle. Like, why is this the perfect time for someone to be exploring this? Well, I think if if anything, what we've realized is like, you know, let's not be victims to our to our circumstance or our lives. Let's take control and make ourselves create the lives that we want to have. And if that's through real estate investment, great. If you've always wanted to do it and you've been too scared, then then find a way to take it on and start doing it and, and figure out if it is the right thing for you. The coaching piece is just like, you know, we have one kick at this lifetime. Why not maximize what's possible in it? You know, so that's why I think just keep, if you're not growing and pushing it, life can feel pretty stagnant. And then things like a pandemic can feel really awful. Um, and, you know, cause there was a lot, there still is a lot of confronting things that are coming up continually again and again and again. And, um, you know, you can get help with that. Love it. Absolutely. Love this. Krista, people can find you over at jkcoaching.ca. What's the best way for them to actually get a hold of you if they want to have a chat? You can message me on, um, my email is Krista at jkcoaching.ca. And that, that's on the website. And I'm my personal Instagram is khope, but you'll find me on Jared and Krista Instagram as well. Um, yeah, that's my favorite platform. So that's the only one I'm going to tell you about. Love it. We've we've learned so much from everything that you've said today, and I think this uh, will be found. I, I I really hope it's well received. I'm sure it will be. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Krista, I implore you to do so. She's a breath of fresh air in the space, and and someone who's uh, certainly changing the way that a lot of people can look at real estate as an investment and as a way to change your life. Um, Krista, thank you so much for joining us. We'll chat soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on.